0: Who are the best front courts for the 2023 college basketball season? Leif and I will discuss who are some big men that you need to know for the 2023 NBA draft coming up on Locked On NBA Big Board.
1: You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On NBA Big Board. We are back it's been a few days now that we're in the peak of the summer We're we're cooling off of every single day but for the days we are here thank you so much for making locked on nba big board the first listen of your day or if it's your second listen thank you for listening to us we really appreciate it Uh, it's a grind right now so you know we know this isn't the sexiest stuff that we're covering but all of that to be said we've got an actually exciting show. I think we did, uh, was it a week or two ago? I I've lost track of time again. Uh, but it might've been two weeks ago. We did the best backcourts in college basketball. We counted down our own top fives. Leaf and I are going to do the same. So if you don't know us, uh, actually our images are flipped on here. I, I don't really know that all that happened. This is a first, but I am not Leaf to I am Richard Stamen as mouse draft. Uh, I'm college basketball. Um, uh, Credentialed. I'm I'm scrambling over here with the graphics, so I'm just gonna keep this up. But <laughs> I I I am credentialed in college basketball. Um at TCU is my home base. I've, I've been other places too, events combines, high school basketball as well. So pretty well seasoned. And that is about year five of doing it. Uh still a ton of people, obviously, like Raphael on our show who are way ahead of me, but I really, you know, credentialed in college basketball is my my go-to line, I guess, when I introduce myself. As for Leaf, Leaf is a college basketball guru. He is just incredible at he, – he predicted like Trey Murphy being a first-round pick in – what was it, December of 2020, like well before he was on that radar. Keegan Murray as well being a top guy. So he, he's just on top of it. He knows the game inside out, and that's what helps him as a draft analyst. So let's start with our college basketball top five front courts for the 2022-2023 season Uh, i almost said nba season so i apologize for that pause but let's start with yours Leaf. who is your number one or just the first one you want to talk about because i don't know if yours are in order mine were kind of scrambled because i don't think there's any one that really stands out or any two but if there's one that stands out let's talk about that like the one that is most intriguing to you you go first
1: yeah i've got about 12 teams here and i'm sure we're gonna overlap so i won't say all of them but let's start with north carolina i think they're the team that most people say is is the best in the front court. There, are Many will say they're the best in the backcourt. Obviously, we took Baylor. Um, North Carolina brings back Armando Baycott. He was an All-American last year. He's coming back for another year in Chapel Hill under Hubert Davis. He'll be the focal point of their offense. And they bring in a transfer, Pete Nance, who I know Richard's really high on. He's talked about on various occasions. Um, Pete Nance, the only reason I hesitate to put them as like a unanimous number one, despite their both of their accolades being probably better than any other tandem. Is that they've never played together. And Pete Nance can shoot the ball. He's more athletic than Brady Manic. And you're like, wow, if he's better than Brady Manic, then then Carolina's loaded because Brady Manic was such an intrinsic part of that team. The difference is I think Brady Manic is a better spot up shooter, even though Pete Nance can shoot it. Nance is a better defender. I think that team gets the nod for me, but I also want to allude to the fact they have Puff Johnson coming off the bench at all odds. And I think back the front court's not just the first two people, it's it's the it's the whole room. Um, and, and, you know, it's a football term like linebacker room. No, but it's the whole it's the whole quartet of of bigs, especially when it comes to Carolina. If, even though Roy's gone, they always have three or four bigs, and the 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 trio of Armando, Pete Nance, and uh, Puff Johnson, I think, is a little bit ahead of others. But I, I have a few that are certainly contenders for the number one spot.
0: Yeah, UNC was on mine. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pete Nance. I think he's the better NBA prospect of uh, of the three really better than Baycott is who more I'm referencing in there. But um, I just love his ability to stretch the floor. The jump shot is smooth. I think his assists really undersold his passing ability at Northwestern. He didn't have a crazy number uh, off the top of my head. I want to say it was below three, but which, is, which isn't bad. It's like about average you would hope for for a big. But um, yeah, it's 2.7 per game. He's a fifth-year senior, so that's going to be held against him. But you look at a stretch big who can pass the ball. I think that that has a place in the league. I mean, I don't see why, granted, the size is a little bit different. Um, Pete Nance is 6'10. I, I think the player I'm comparing him to about him comparing him to is 6'11. Shouldn't make a huge difference if Mike Muscala is still in the league for like what feels like year 10 at this point. I don't see why Pete Nance can't make it. It's not exactly like you know a barn burner that you're getting like that kind of player, but I mean, that is an impact player. If you ask Thunder fans, I think. They generally have positive reviews of Mike Muscala. And he's a guy who I think on a winning team, having just a stretch big, it matters a ton, especially one that can pass. So I really like that North Carolina duo of mostly Baycott and uh, Pete Nance, like you said, also Puff Johnson, though, too. I was actually going to start with uh, the rival, the rivalry here. I was going to go with Duke. I absolutely love their freshman tandem they lost Mark Williams but they make right back up for it. I'm a huge fan of Derek Lively. He is a long uh long center that's going to dominate inside. I think he's going to be a really good finisher, really good shot blocker, just really good defender. And he can stretch the floor and then you pair him with Kyle Filipowski who I, I assume will be playing power, power forward, top 5 recruit on most consensus boards. He's going to stretch the floor. He might be one of the best shooters in the entire country uh, as a freshman and I I really like his jump shot. I think that Pair is going to complement each other so much. What Filipowski lacks, Lively can make up for, and vice versa. So I really like that pairing. I don't know if you have any thoughts on uh, on the the freshman at Duke.
1: Yeah, I think I think Derek Lively coming in as a freshman is a lot ahead of Mark Williams coming in as a freshman. Mark Williams is a sophomore, took an enormous leap, and Derek Lively is likely going to be a tad behind that, but he'll develop. And, and so I really like Lively. I have my concerns with Lukowski because. Um, you wonder about the lateral movement, but at the worst Matthew hurt was basically the best player in the ACC for the latter half of his sophomore season. And that's who I'd compare. Um, I'd compare Flipkowski too. And, and that's not a bad, not the bad thing to be, especially when you're big can seriously compensate for you, your defensive issues, which is the only questionable liability for, for Flipkowski who, like you said, is a top five consensus recruit. So I, I like that one. I'm a little lower on them just because I haven't seen it yet. And i am i am a, I'm a, I have to believe it. But in terms of what I expect, I'm fully there with you.
0: Yeah, and I want to clarify one thing. So Matthew Hurt did one thing on the basketball court and one thing only, and that was shoot the ball. He was – in my opinion, he was terrible at everything else. I I think he moved like an average person would if they were put on the court on defense – they were, he didn't really do anything else on offense. I don't think the same is true of Filipowski, which is why I'm so much higher on him than Matthew Hurt in this overall front court. I think if you had Matthew Hurt, who was a very good player, he's the most improved player in the ACC a couple of years ago, you put him with lively, with more abilities, I think he's a much better realistic prospect. So who's your number two team uh, that you want to talk about?
1: I'm going with Gonzaga. And no shocker here, I'm just taking some of the best teams. But but they've got Drew Timmy, who, in my opinion, I know Oscar Sheboy one, the player there. the I think Drew Timmy's the face of college basketball, um, and and maybe the best player in college basketball. He's improved every year. He's he's now even more of the focal point. Without Chet, they brought in Efton Reed from LSU, who started on a number six seed in in the country. Um, they also have Anton Watson, and then if you count Julian Strother, I I would say he's more of like a two guard three. But in their lineup, they may go small and play him at the four because they got a lot of really good guards, as we prefaced in in the last one. So if you can consider a quartet right there, that's that's uh, that's a certainly among the best quartets because you have arguably the best player. You've got a guy in Anton Watson who's played on a national championship stage, losing to Baylor and been a key contributor for three years. Uh, Efton Reed was a starter on, on a different team and Julian Strother's on most big boards around 25. And so I, that's just an accumulation of talent. That's hard to beat. And I just believe in drew Timmy so much. I, I think almost guaranteed all American, um, probable top five finisher and big 10 player, uh, maybe not big 10, um, and in, in player of the year. And he probably will be WCC player of the year. So if, if you start just by accolades, they're up there. If you go by accumulation of talent and experience, they're up there. And so hard to overlook them.
0: Yeah, Gonzaga as a team, I actually did overlook. So um, easier to overlook than I think you might be thinking, but uh, that really wasn't because of Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy alone probably puts them in the top five because he is, I think, the best player in college basketball. And yeah, um, he has that. But like, I just I'm not big on Efton Reed personally. I watched too much LSU last year. I was just not a fan of what I saw. Good change though in the system. I mean, I don't know what Will Wade's system even was. Like it was. His whole thing is just kind of get raw bigs or raw, sorry, raw athletes, a no matter of the size and let them just scramble. So um that was my reservation of putting him up there. My number two, I actually, I'm surprised this team hasn't even come up yet, but I, I think this might actually really be a strong challenger for number one. And that's Creighton. I love, if you count, it depends on how you count Arthur Kaluma. I think he's a power forward in, in this year. And then Ryan Kalkrenner, who. Has is unbelievably efficient. I still I have said this now two times in a row since talking about Creighton. If he was healthy for that Kansas game, I don't know if Kansas wins the title. That's all I'm going to say. Like I, I really do think he was he was a huge portion of or part of that team. Um, just his his absolute efficiency within the paint, and just I think he can stretch the floor eventually to mid range. Not necessarily an NBA prospect. Kaluma definitely is. He's one of the best sophomores coming back. Uh, i really like his game i think he's just a modern power forward with good size and good athleticism so i really like that pairing i think they're going to dominate the big east this year and then and and might i add sorry before you go i might i add we've now put creighton both in the best backcourts and best frontcourts might be a team to watch for this year in college basketball going deep
1: yeah i i think i I have creighton in my top five as well and it's it's funny because i had Carolina, Gonzaga, and Creighton all have been in our two episodes, and, and so if you if you're if you're paying attention, and you want to place, place futures. I'm not necessarily advising those teams necessarily, but those three are going to be contenders, and so that's not that's a big deal. And I'll, I'll sneak one in before we we go to our, our first break. Uh, Kentucky, Oscar Shibway, certainly the story, but I think Jacob Toppin and Damian Collins are both set for enormous breakouts um, because they had limited roles. Oscar Shibway is going to be the man. He's going to be a walking double-double. I'd honestly expect him to average 18 and 15. Like, I know it's ridiculous, but he's like the manimal of college basketball, but runs like a deer and has a jump shot, like mid-range jump shot at least. Uh, Oscar Shibway's productivity is just uh, outstanding. And I think Jacob, Jacob Toppin was probably the better player between he and Keon Brooks last year. But Keon Brooks was the elder statesman, the one who's played more frequently, the one with a slightly better jump shot at that point. I think Jacob Toppin set to flash that athleticism that you see in those warm-up dunks and, and make it functional. And then Damian Collins is was a former top 15 recruit. Yes. And he was very, very thin. He played inferior competition in high school, but you get you get toughened up by playing Oscar Sheebway every day. And I would not be surprised to see him really be a name that people have forgotten about. And then work his way into being a borderline first-round pick. I'm not. I'm not necessarily there. If it's this year, maybe it's the next year, but he's got the the talent and raw athletic ability to do so. And coupling him with Shibwe is a dangerous, dangerous combination.
0: Yeah, I Kentucky was also on my list. Uh, it was pretty much just Shibwe. And yeah, I, I, I echo everything you said. Toppin's going to take a jump because Keon Brooks is gone. Completely agree. They're they're up there, too. So now I got to think of another. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, we'll tell you about a good place to bet on some of these college basketball top front courts. And that is our good friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your betting sports news events. It's a number one online source for odds, lines and games. You can find reviews, news, Every single league, MLB, NFL is about to start back up. When the NBA and NHL come back, you can find news on that even now uh, in the offseason. Also, golf uh, leaves newfound passion. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. Uh, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. <clears throat> so, uh, we are going to continue this. I see Leaf have uh, really enjoyed my line. He's been holding back his laughter about the golf. He has been uh, texting me about his new golf game, but continuing with college basketball, moving away from golf. Uh, we are, uh, and, and actually before we even do this, I want to say again, thank you for everybody who's been listening, uh, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available everywhere. We're also now on YouTube and I want to campaign for us. We are trying to top the charts for locked on or at least get near it. We're not beating locked on Maps; They're undefeated, uh, but we want to get our subscriber count up, not asking anything more. Just, hey, will you hit that button? Like, share, subscribe. You know, all the fun stuff uh, that you hear from your favorite YouTubers the last like 10 years. But if you could really subscribe, it would mean a lot to us. It's all I ask from you. Uh, so getting into the college basketball front courts, going back to that, you said Kentucky at the end. Uh, we've listed Duke, North Carolina, Gonzaga, uh, Kentucky. We we have a ton and Creighton as well. There's still a ton of candidates. So for me, I'll start this portion off. I'm going to go with a little bit of a cheat code. Actually, I'll go with, I'll, I'll end on that. It's a hot take. So I'm going to go with UCLA. I really like UCLA's front court because I think Jaime Jaquez is ridiculously efficient. He's going to challenge Drew Timmy as he's probably the second best post. I uh, really just big man. Uh, if you count him as that in, on the West coast. I think it's not particularly close. They're one and two probably. And I really like, this is what puts him over the top. Like we talked about with Gonzaga. I don't think either of us are huge on Efton Reed, but Drew Timmy's weight carries that much, or he carries that much weight, excuse me, just his presence carries that much weight. And you can kind of argue the same thing with UCLA, Jaime Hawkins. But what really intrigues me is I think Adam Bona is going to defy the Mick Cronin UCLA doesn't develop, Young players, well, they're freshmen. They haven't had a one and done. uh, Actually, I think Peyton Watson's the entirely first NBA player uh, and Johnny Juzang, but Peyton Watson's actually on like a guaranteed contract. He's the first NBA player under Mick Cronin, which is a three year span. So it's not favorable to bet on NBA players from here, but Adam Bono looked good in the FIBA. uh, What was it, the U18s? I think it was. And um, whatever, I I think that was the tournament. There was some tournament he was in overseas and he looked really good. He moves his feet really well. I think he's going to find a place defensively and as a finisher on offense. You're not going to ask for much more than those two things. It's going to be a limited role, but I really like that combination. What do you think, Leaf?
1: Yeah, that's one I, I hadn't put on my list, and I, I have a list of twelve or thirteen here, and that one I don't have on there. And and I, and I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I, it's just that I don't know as much about Bona. Um, I think I watched I watched that tournament. I was impressed. I'm I'm curious about the scalability of his of his talents, they also will have a lot of mouths to feed. And that always makes me concerned when saying like, Oh, here's the front court. Like that's going to dominate when you've got a lot of mouths to feed. Typically the guards are the, the first ones fed. Um, Especially when you have tiger Campbell in your backcourt, Hi, my hawk has obviously will be fed. And he'll, I think he's their best player. Um, And I thought so last year too, when Johnny Juzang was the preseason packed all Pack 12 player. Um, I I don't mind that I I, I'm on a kind of wait and see on that one because because it really does depend on the development of Bona. Obviously, they've got a quality big in, in on their rotation anyway, and it, I'm curious to see how much Bona plays. Um, I've got one that's another tr- very rich trad- in tradition basketball school, Indiana. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is a monster. Um, I'm going to go through some stats for you. His freshman year, which was a while ago, 14 points a game, he had not, uh, 8.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 1.8 blocks. Then his sophomore year you're like, oh, he's leaving after this. 19 9, 1.4 assists, 1.4 blocks, uh, 1.7. Then Mike Woodson shows up and he and he lowers his points per game average, but everything else improves just like the quality of play, his efficiency, he shot six, 59%, shot 67% from the free throw, which is a, which is a big improvement. Um 18.3 points per game, 2.3 blocks. He just looks so quick, so athletic. And then his his uh, compatriot, is his best friend on the team, Race Thompson, uh, is one of the most un- uh, underrated, unheralded players in the country because he's he does things very well, but quietly. Race Thompson is a rebounding machine. He works hard. He had 11.1 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game. He's probably the best, like, built like a power forward wing defender in the country like he he looks like he i'm not comparing him whatsoever to blake griffin but if you look at their body types it's not dissimilar and uh and he slides his feet extremely well and that's a great duo up front and experience 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 they've they've both been three-year starters and i i fully expect indiana to be among the best teams in the big 10 which has kind of been a dangerous statement to make recently but i i do i do believe that this year
0: Yeah, and I actually had Indiana up there as well. I was mad you took another one. You got Kentucky first, now Indiana. Love Trace Jackson Davis. I think he's going to – you know, you don't really hear about big men who can't shoot sticking right now in the league. It's a hard – like, he cannot shoot. There's I I think there's almost no potential for that. But, like, even with that fatal flaw, I would – I personally think he's good enough elsewhere. Yes, he has a lot of post-oriented plays. I think that inflates his volume more than it really hides any weakness or anything like that. He's outstanding in the pick-and-roll because he's just so athletic, and that really stands for both ends. And he's going to finish at a high level. I think he's going to be – like you look at Dwight Powell, for example. Uh, If you put him with a really good pick-and-roll guard on offense, that's all you need from him. He's going to – like he'll do more than Powell, though, because I think he can actually pass and see the floor well quickly – Get the ball processed, and make the right pass. I think he's a lot better at that. But then you throw in the defensive end. He's a shot smotherer on the defensive end where he will smother anything near the rim. I mean, he he has an unreal block radius where a range, I mean, where he can just he can just go get anything. He's so athletic, he can recover, he can guard multiple positions. I think he'll actually stand just fine if he, you know, like even without the jump shot. So look for, I mean, for me, getting him on Dallas would be a dream. You get him with Luka Doncic. That's a perfect big, especially Christian Woodwalks, Dwight Powell's gone. Both of them are free agents after this season. So I would really like that. But I really love the Indiana pick. When we're done, we'll finish up uh, our top five college basketball uh, backcourts. But quick word from our sponsors. So welcome back to Locked on NBA Big Board. We're wrapping up our top five college basketball backcourts. We have had some overlap. My list goes Creighton, North Carolina, Duke. I had Kentucky. I also had Indiana as an honorable mention. We've had a few sh- similarities. We both listed North Carolina and Kentucky and Indiana. Uh, and I actually just drew a blank as I was speaking about who the other one was. So Leaf, if you want to refresh your top four and a half that we've done, uh, go ahead and we'll dive into it.
1: Yeah, I had North Carolina, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Indiana, um, and, and and then you had Creighton as the, uh, as the other one that was in my top five as well.
0: Yeah, I'm forgetful. I forgot about Gonzaga, uh, and I forgot about Creighton, too. So let's wrap it up. I'm going to I'm gonna go with a double back-to-back. I'm just going to kind of finish out my list here because you've stolen so many of mine, uh, but, which is good because, I mean, that probably means it's a good opinion. But um, the two I have left, uh, I think both are kind of hot takes and, in a way. And you
1: had Duke. I, I forgot that, too. You had Duke as the one yep. that I didn't have my top five.
0: So the two I have left I don't think are popular at all, um, but they're not like, you know, scorching hot takes or something. Uh, I have Arizona as one. I have just a lot of faith in uh, Zulus Tabellus taking a, a jump again this year. Jump shot will be a big thing to monitor, but I don't think he really needs it to dominate there without Coloco. I think it's going to help him a lot. And then speaking of Coloco being gone, I really, I, I this is almost a bias from watching this guy in like 2019 or 2018, but Umar Balo, uh, I really like his game. Loved him when he was with Molly and like the U 17s or something several years ago, thought he was so advanced. Uh, I really like his game. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be just, uh, I think he's going to take another jump. He's a red shirt sophomore. So technically only two years played. He played one year at Gonzaga red shirted there. Also first year at Arizona wasn't very high volume, but you know, Christian Coloco didn't have a ton of volume heading into his junior year and he got drafted top 45. So I think a similar path could be had for Balo. He does need to prove uh, just that he's not raw anymore, uh, but that's one of my other ones leave who you got. Let's, let's do two rapid fire on this.
1: Yeah. Real quick. Balo actually played more than two Bellas in March madness. And his defense was off the charts as he and Coloco combined. And he was playing the four and five interchangeably on defense. And for a big guy, it's really hard to do, especially with the pace of guards like Mike miles, your boy and TCU. Um, Okay, two real quick is going to be hard because I've got like seven, but I'll give you two that aren't exactly popular. UConn. Uh Adama Sonogo is a bull in a China shop. I love Adama Sonogo. And I'm going to kind of go deep on the on on Yukon here because I, I've been kind of high on a lot of their players. So Sonogo's 15 and 9. Um, and he – I don't have the exact stats here for you, but there was a video compiled of all of his six-foot and in misses that didn't have a defender directly – responsible for him missing and it was far 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 too many and i was told that he just started cramping late in games and he, and he would get tired or, or his calves would get tight and and they said that they think they figured a way for him to be maybe maybe it's just better shape but but similar to Pablo banquero had had to find a solution to when he was sweating and losing too much weight uh i expect sonogo to take another leap and be a big east player of the year candidate um, another team in the Big East – I'm, I'm going to go three. Sorry, Richard. Uh, another team in the Big East is uh, Villanova. I love Eric Dixon. Cam Whitmore is a freaking awesome beast um, from – from. he was in the FIBAs, and he was the best <laughs> player. He scored 30 in the championship. Uh, Cam Whitmore is a highlight waiting to happen, and I also enjoy watching Brandon Slater, who I think is an underrated glue guy. And here's one that I think is very uh, – commonplace because they've got a guy similar to the way drew timmy armando bakeouts like a face college basketball i think hunter dickinson is one of the faces of college basketball at michigan and uh terrence matthews had some big moments coming off the bench last year and he'll be in for musa diabate and caleb houston and i think he'll he'll improve and then also for uconn just just to kind of harp a bell that richard and i discovered a long time ago um i think andre jackson's probably more of a guard that was
0: all you that was all you I, I was not responsible for finding him.
1: Well, well, I appreciate that. Um, Andre Jackson's probably more of a guard, but he'll be playing the three on their team. So I'm going to count this. If you want to watch an incredible athlete, like we talked about Cam Whitmore being an incredible athlete. Andre Jackson might be a more incredible athlete. He's got a 44 inch standing vert flies. He, he rebounds the ball. His head hits the rim every time he dunks it. And then a really deep dive for Yukon is this guy named Samson Johnson. He's a sophomore. He's from Togo. Uh, He's got a 7'5 wingspan, impressive outside shooting touch, and a world of potential is how they describe him on his profile page. He appeared in 13 games, and this shows how much of a geek I am. I watched a lot of games because I just really enjoyed watching Adama Sanogo. And I was like, man, who in the world is this guy? I'd never even heard of him. And then I watched him, and he was not terribly productive, but he didn't play much. And then I watched just the way he moves. And I'm not sure he's going to get a ton of minutes, but they had Isaiah Whaley, Tyler Polly, and a couple other bigs graduate. I think they're, and Tyrese Martin, who's a monster on the boards, who's now in the Hawks. I, I watch out for Samson Johnson, Andre Johnson, and of course, Adama Sanogo.
0: Dude, I love that. I love it. Um, I'll end with uh, my hotter take, I guess. Uh, this one, another. Uh, now that if you've listed Cam Whitmore, is no longer as hot, I don't think, but. I think the overall point is I, I have a ton of East Coast teams on here and going to continue with that. Uh, the the anti West Coast bias, I guess uh, I've been accused of before persists. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida. I really like Colin Castleton. Good I think one. Talking about Michigan, he's somebody who he wasn't Michigan, was an absolute bust, never averaged more than three points a game in two years. Goes to Florida, gets just, he was outstanding. I mean, the NCAA tournament last year. In 2021 was really good. Uh, he, he's just an overall good player who he blocks shots, he has a mid range shot, he has a free throw, and he can rebound. He's not, he's kind of stiff on defense. That's his one bad quality that really hurts him. And he'll be a fifth year senior. I don't think he gets drafted by any means, but he is somebody who will get a summer league invite, preseason training camp, all that. He'll definitely be there. And then I love the addition of. Alex Fudge. I love him from LSU. I think he is going to be really, really good at Florida. I think he was hyper, uh, excuse me, completely underutilized at LSU. And I think he's going to probably play power forward because just be kind of, kind of based on how his play style is. He doesn't shoot much. Athletic can guard multiple positions. Isn't a rim protector, but being next to a rim protector, like Colin Castleton, again, uh again, like great rim protector who completely takes advantage of no defensive three in the key. That's huge. So I really like Alex Fudge and Colin Castleton. Excuse me. I think it's one of the best college basketball duos in the front court. And I think Alex Fudge is somebody who will break out, become one of the better defensive prospects for the 2023 NBA drafts. Any final thoughts, Leaf, on that?
1: I love that pick. I got them in my top 10 list as well. And I won't break down these. I'm just going to give a list for those of you who really, really love college basketball and some teams that have good front courts that we didn't get to mention because I could go on forever. And I know Richard could too. Um I think I think Auburn, Janai Broom, a transfer from Moorhead State, and Johan Traore, yeah. uh, are a really sneaky front court that should be very good in the SEC. And, and after having Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, this will probably be a letdown in comparison, but because but they will be among the best two, three front courts in the big uh, in the SEC. Iowa with Patrick McCaffrey and Chris Murray, um, some brothers of, uh, of of former Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, and then Texas with Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop, Dylan Mitchell's there too, if you count him as a, as a three in, in, in the front court. Um, I think those are a couple that we haven't mentioned. And then I, I, I've kind of echoed everything Richard's had, and, and he's echoed a lot of mine. So um, those are some teams that have dominant interior play, and a couple of them have bona fide NBA draft prospects on their team. And I'm so excited for college basketball this year because there's so many good teams. We just listed 13 by my count teams here um that have great front courts and there are so many more and in the backcourt there's even more and if you have that depth and a number of them have had repeats like we talked about carolina gonzaga and creighton all having guards and forwards on there um watch out for some great college basketball and there's going to be a great draft class It's not only the international guys like victor Wembenyama, scoot and the thompson twins
0: yeah, I uh, I love those the this draft. I think it's going to be super exciting. I've put up our names, even if we are backwards. I am not Leaf Uh He is not Richard Stamen, But uh, I am on Twitter as at Mavs Draft. He's at Leaf Tuline, first and last name shown right here. Again, if you're not on YouTube, please give us a subscribe. It would mean a ton for us. Doesn't cost you anything, anything like that. There's literally no payback uh, or excuse me penalty, except like you might see my face on the front of your YouTube. So I apologize. But would really mean a lot to us. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On NBA Big Board. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And again, please subscribe. It would mean a ton to us. Thank you.